want to preach on one of the keys. We're, we're emphasizing the keys. And uh, hopefully you have your, your scripture, your passage that you've selected. Uh, it's going to be the direction that you have for uh, at least the beginning of this year. And as I mentioned, it could probably change. But you choose a scripture that is key for you. It speaks to you. It ministers to you. Praise God. And I think that would be a blessing for you uh, in the weeks to come. The key of knowledge is what is mentioned here uh, in this passage. Let's begin at verse 52. Luke 11, 52. Woe unto you, lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. And here's the sad part. You entered not in yourselves, and them that were entering in, you hinder it. That's not a good situation. There's much that needs to be discovered, and yet they're holding people back. We'll go on with 53 and 54. As he said these things unto them, the scribes and the Pharisees began to urge him vehemently and to provoke him to speak of many things. This is a very negative situation. Laying wait for him and seeking to catch something out of his mouth that they might accuse him. Notice... They were attentive. They were watchful. They were staying in tune. But it wasn't for a good reason. They were wanting to find fault. They were wanting to accuse. They were wanting to detract. And instead of using the key of knowledge to find even more of what God has for us, uh, they were more or less tossing the key aside. God help us to be able to use the key of knowledge correctly in our walk with the Lord in this hour. Amen. You can be seated. The Lord bless you. You know, um, I'm sure you've heard the statement, ignorance is bliss. <clears throat> what you don't know uh, won't cause any worries. <laughs> won't uh, cause any anxiety. Well, I know uh, the more you know, at least I've experienced this, the more I know, the more I realize that I don't know. <laughs> Lots of things that I don't know, but the key of knowledge. Now, there were doctors and lawyers and scribes and Pharisees who were uh, among the ones that uh, the Lord was, was dealing with here. We thank the Lord for doctors and lawyers in, in our world, their expertise and their uh, professional um, behaviors and actions and so on help us wade through waters that are pretty deep. But we're not talking about doctors and lawyers in, in the professional sense here um, uh, as, they, as the, the Lord is addressing them. They're, they're religious experts. They, um, they spend a lot of time uh, reading the scriptures. Now, in that sense, you can be confident that the word of the Lord is very accurate. Um, and the reason for that is these scribes uh, were very diligent in their copying of the scrolls. <coughs> Excuse me. They didn't have 
printing mechanisms like we have today. They, they hand copied everything. And when a scroll began to fade, they, they didn't try to preserve it. They realized we need to commission another scroll. So these scribes would get their pens ready, get the uh, skins or papyrus, whatever they were going to write on, and their inkwell, and they would begin to write a new copy of the scroll. But amazingly, they would do it letter by letter, not word by word. Now, obviously, it would become a word, but they would do it letter by letter so that the accuracy would be <clears throat> very much assured and be secured. And so from that standpoint, and they, and they would count. They knew the middle letter of the whole scroll because they would count and make sure it was done accurately. And you can be assured that the scriptures are accurate because of, of that uh, degree of commitment that they had. So from that standpoint, uh, it's good. But from the standpoint of having the key of knowledge and not using it, it was not a good thing. And that's the difficulty that we see going on here. Jesus mentioned the blood of Abel and the blood of Zacharias. Why did he mention that? Because there were prophets that were sent to Israel and to Judah, and instead of listening to them, they were killed, and their sepulchers were built, their tombs, and there was honor that was paid to them instead of listening and correcting their behaviors and their lifestyles and their actions. They honored them, but they didn't obey them. That was the difficult thing. Abel, as we know, offered a more excellent sacrifice, and God testified of his gifts. And, and uh, the writer to the Hebrews said, He being dead, yet speaketh. And it spoke of commitment. It spoke of accuracy. It spoke of obedience. And then Zacharias is the one who preached, Why transgress ye the commandments of the Lord? You have forsaken the Lord. He hath also forsaken you. It was a strong warning. Don't play games with the Lord. Stay faithful to him, and he'll stay faithful to you. Forsake him, same thing's going to happen to you. You can't, you can't drive on both sides of the road at the same time. You can't be on both sides of the fence at the same time. That's why you've got to make sure your commitment is strong. Well, instead of listening, they stoned him in the court of the temple. In the place where they should have been listening to the Lord, where they should have been seeking God, when they should have been calling upon the name of the Lord, they cut off his life. I thought about those spies, the spies that came and put a message uh, under my door. And how in, in, in Numbers 14 and 10, uh, they, the, the congregation wanted to stone Moses and Aaron and uh, Joshua and Caleb, whoever else, I guess, that they would find as targets. God help us to focus our faith on the Lord and our obedience on, on his word. Amen. And continue on with him. See, they were experts in the law, but they didn't recognize prophecy. They didn't see it being fulfilled right before their eyes. Lawyers in a legal sense, uh, or not in a legal sense, rather, but in following Moses' law. And uh, they were among the group that King Herod said, where does it say the Messiah is going to be born? And they could find Micah 5 and 2 as we identify it and know that Bethlehem 
is where he's going to be born. And so the king directed the wise men to go, find him, bring me word, I'll come and worship him. And he was a deceiver and a liar. And, uh, but yet, they were able to locate in the word of God exactly where he was to be born. Matthew, in particular, cites prophecy. He quoted from the Old Testament more than 60 times. Again, there's your assurance that the word of the Lord is strong and true and not some fabricated fable or some idea of a legend and somebody's thought of how they can deceive and, and make a mockery of uh, things of God. Their knowledge of Jesus was becoming, I'm sure, even stronger because the Lord preached before them. Remember, he went to Nazareth, and he, uh, the, the reader was using the scroll of Isaiah, handed it to Jesus. Jesus read from the portion we call chapter 61, handed it back to the minister, and then he sat down and proclaimed, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your hearing. And they all stared at him. They all wondered, what? You're a carpenter from Nazareth. We know your brothers and sisters. We know your mother. And they, they, they didn't receive. And unfortunately, not many might, mighty works were done there because of their unbelief. I pray God, continue to do your mighty works here among us. Continue to show your mighty power. Continue to show your mighty grace and compassion and love for salvation and healing. Amen. Don't let our unbelief rise above and cancel out the things that you have for us. You see, many miracles and healings were already being done. I mean, it wasn't like Jesus was an unknown quantity. No, there were miracles. Deliverance from demons, lepers cleansed, paralyzed, giving power to walk, the blind receiving their sight. But yet, a negative attitude. Uh, I'm just amazed at how often uh, we see that rise instead of a celebration and uh, a desire for more. They, they urged him. They, they criticized him vehemently. Uh, they, they made it very known that they were opposed to him and not wanting to uh, agree with what he said. They tried to provoke him to say things in which they could accuse him, and they lay in wait to catch him. Can you imagine that? Probably, well, I don't know. Would some of their relatives been the ones that were healed? Would a blind relative of theirs would be walking around with sight now because of Jesus? Would a paralyzed person uh, be able to go to the market on their own now because of the name of Jesus bring, bringing healing to them, and yet they lay in wait to catch him. They had taken the key of knowledge and applied it in a manner that was not conducive to the word of God. They put grievous burdens upon the people, didn't do a thing to help them. Now, that's, that's a, a sad situation. They didn't use the key to enter, and they kept others from entering. What a sad, sad description of where they could have been. Another time, Jesus condemned the blind leaders of the blind. He said, you're both going to fall in the ditch. And yet, they, they didn't do the work that they should have. Thank God for the key of knowledge. Thank the Lord that that's what God provides for us today. I thought back to the Queen of Sheba uh, and how she visited Solomon. She heard of his vast kingdom. She was made aware of 
his riches and his wisdom. And she wanted to see for herself. That's a good, a good purpose. I'm going to check it out. I'm going to see for myself. Praise God. And I would hope that there would be a lot of people who would hear your testimony and want to come and see, can God do that for me? Can the Lord change me? Can the Lord answer my prayers? Praise God. She wanted to see for herself. So she came to Solomon with hard questions. And no doubt she spent some time coming up with a question that she thought might stump him, might perplex him, and he wouldn't be able to come up with the answers. But the Bible says he answered all of her questions. Finally, she had to sit back and say she didn't believe the reports of the kingdom until she saw for herself. And then she made the statement, Behold, the half was not told me. <laughs> it was way more than she had imagined. Way more than she had doubted could come to pass. And thank God we could step into the wisdom and power and riches of God in so great salvation and find even more and more of what God wants to give to us when we use the key of knowledge. Praise God. Even to double what we thought was possible. That's what our God can do. But look at 11, uh, Luke 11, 31. The Lord mentions the queen of the south shall rise up in the judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them. For she came from the utmost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, a greater than Solomon is here. Oh, praise God. I'm thankful that we can know one who is even greater, one who is even stronger, one who is even more powerful. And we can know him by the I am statements that are found in the word of the Lord. The book of John alone has over 20 I am statements. I am the way the truth and the life. I am the light of the world, Jesus said. I am the good shepherd. It goes on and on. I am the bread of life. I am the resurrection and the life. Thank God for the emphasis on life and provision and blessing that the Lord provides. Praise God. We know he is the judge. We know he is the one who is going to uh, render judgment, but he doesn't emphasize that. We know it's going to happen. But thank the Lord, he emphasizes what can make a difference for us as we follow after him. He proclaimed his deity. He declared, I and my Father are one. He said, he that has seen me has seen the Father. He let them know before Abraham was, I am. Praise God. Oh, thank the Lord, the key of knowledge can be used to know God and to know his power and his blessing in even a greater measure. This is life eternal, Jesus said, that they might know thee, the only true God. Thank the Lord that in knowing the Lord, not just his existence, not just giving mental assent to the fact that there is a God, but recognizing what he means to me and how that can be applied personally, how I can know his promises come to pass because I've experienced it. Praise God. I've not just heard about it. I know that I know. Praise God for the power of the Lord. The paralyzed man let down through the roof had his sins forgiven 
and then he was healed. Thank the Lord. God can take care of all of our circumstances, all of our needs, and be able to step into our realm in such a powerful way. He said that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. And he said to the sick of the palsy, Arise, take up thy bed, and go unto thine house. Praise God. So he walked out a forgiven man, a healed man. A man with such a great difference for his future. Praise God. I'm glad that Jesus is able to do that. He came to know the power of Jesus and forgiveness and healing. Peter knew the power of Jesus. The boatload of fish that he saw were the miraculous power of God when Jesus first began to speak to them. The time that he walked on water with Jesus when the Lord simply said to come. He, uh, he knew all the miraculous things of the Lord. He was there with so many miracles that had been performed. But yet when Jesus was arrested, when Jesus was under trial, when he had opportunity to stand up and say, I know who he is, he denied him three times. The first time he said, I know him not. The third time he said, I know not what thou sayest. He denied the knowledge. He wasn't using the key. He tossed it aside. But praise God, the Lord did not toss him aside. He saw the empty tomb. And then he saw the risen Christ. Praise God. And when the Lord asked him three times, Lovest thou me? Peter answered, Thou knowest that I love thee. Praise God. Oh, I'm thankful the Lord doesn't kick us aside when there are mistakes, when there are failures, when there are problems in our lives. I'm thankful he reaches out to us with his love, with his mercy, with his blessing, praise God, and helps us to use the key of knowledge again of how great his love is, how great his compassion is, his loving kindness, praise God. Peter wrote about knowledge in his second letter. In verse uh, 3 of chapter 1, he said, According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Wow, that is quite a statement. Through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. I love that verse. Praise God. That would be a good one to, to use for your key verse. We can add knowledge to our faith along with virtue and temperance and patience and godliness, brotherly kindness and charity or love. Thank God that we can keep on going. And that's what Peter encouraged us to do. The last verse of his second letter says, Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. <clears throat> and thank the Lord, Peter knew that he could experience the now and the forever. And he was going to be there with the Lord, praise God, because he determined he was going to grow in that grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, just as you and I can do it likewise. Praise God. Oh, what a great God we serve. The knowledge, the key of knowledge will open more even unto eternity. I like 1 Corinthians 2 and 12. Now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. There's a big difference there. A huge difference. We've got to make sure that the spirit of the world is not affecting our understanding of the spirit of God or limiting our experience in the spirit of God, but that we move into that realm even greater measures than we've experienced before. It goes on to say that we might know 
the things that are freely given to us of God. Amen. Thank God. Know the difference between the spirit of the world and the spirit of God. Don't let the spirit of the world infect our understanding of the spirit of God, but know the things that are freely given to us by God. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for that power and that blessing. Now, Paul goes on to say in a warning, the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit. They're spiritually discerned. They're foolish to the man who thinks naturally. It's foolish to put yourself uh, in uh, a service to a God that you can't see. It's foolish for you to be in church on a Sunday morning. Foolish for you especially to be in church on a Thursday night and on and on and on. The natural man says that's foolishness. But thank God, the man of faith, the woman of faith, determines, I'm going to follow the Lord. I'm going to walk with him. I'm going to serve him. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, these verses are very important. Brother Aaron, if you could put them on the screen for us. 1 Corinthians 15 and 52. The mystery of the coming of the Lord. I'm glad that's something we can hold to. I'm glad that's something our faith can grasp. We know the promise of his coming. And in verse 52 of 1 Corinthians 15, Apostle said, in a moment, praise God. We know a moment. <clears throat> Several moments have passed by, and I'm, I'm keeping an eye on the clock. I'm understanding uh, of our time. But thank God there's going to be a moment that there's going to be a change. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. The twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Oh, praise God. I'm thankful for that hope. I'm thankful for that understanding. I'm thankful for that recognition. Amen. And we drop down to verse 58. Verse 58 of chapter 15. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know, there's the key of knowledge, you know your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Praise God. Oh, I'm thankful that we can have that assurance. I'm thankful we can know the power of the Lord and the blessing of God to get us ready for that moment that everything is going to change. Hallelujah. What a great and mighty God. Now John joined in the writing about the mystery of his coming. First John 3 and 2. He said, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Ah, oh, I'm thankful it's not just something we look into the past and 2022 and, and 21 and 20 and so on, all the things that we've come through. I'm thankful we can look back to victories, but we're not satisfied with just those. We're going to move on for even more of what God has in store for us. Now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. This is the mystery. We're, we're not, you know, how? Is this mortal going to put on immortality? How is this corruptible going to put on incorruption? I don't know. It's a mystery. God's going to do it. Praise God. We know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Oh, what a hope. Hallelujah. Oh, what a promise. Know you are a child of God. Know that he shall appear. Know that we shall see him and be like him. Praise God. Ah, what a difference. 
This world is so concerned of all the things that are happening, climate change and inflation and all kinds of things that are going on in our government and our society. But thank God we're looking for the coming of the Lord. We're going to see him. Praise God. Amen. John assured us with six we know statements in the last chapter of his first letter. Verse uh, 20, uh, he ended it this way. We know that the Son of God is come and hath given us an understanding that we may know that he is true and we are in him that is true, even his Son Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Praise God. Hold on to that key of knowledge. Keep letting it guide you. Keep letting it lift you up. Praise God. I'm thankful the key of knowledge is something that we have tied into in a purpose for uh, Sterling Pentecostal Church. We've determined we're going to know Jesus. We're going to grow in Jesus. We're going to show Jesus. Praise God. And thank the Lord more than just words that kind of rhyme. It's a reality that we're going to live. We're going to know. We're going to grow. We're going to show. Praise God. And it's all going to be on Him. All that we desire for him to be displayed. Tell and testify about Jesus. Witness with the word of God. Teach and reach with the truth. Praise God. And thank the Lord. That's going to be the power that's going to be displayed. Now, here's a no. That might make you a little uncomfortable. Maybe in giving you a guilt trip. James 4.17 James 4.17. I'll need it on the screen, my friend. <clears throat> Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not. What? To him, that becomes sin. That becomes a problem. That becomes something that God's not going to wink at or say, oh, doesn't matter. No. God help us be able to fulfill what he expects us to do with the key of knowledge. Praise God. There's got to be action more than saying. I, I thought about a, a bumper sticker that I saw, and uh, you'll have to catch the spelling of the words. No Jesus and no peace. That's the knowledge part, okay? The absence part, no Jesus, no peace, applies too, doesn't it? Okay? That's a cute saying, but there's a reality to it. God help us to be able to know him. Praise God. And the power that he has in store for us, the blessing that he desires to give. Amen. Our, our organization, the UPCI, uh, has this as their motto, the whole gospel to the whole world by the whole church. Um, I think that's a good saying. Amen. But it's got to be more than saying. It's not the book of sayings of the apostles. It's the book of Acts. Action. That's got to be what follows through in our walk with God. Actions, including prayer, healing, miracles, being refilled with the Spirit, deliverance, conversions, baptisms, teaching, resurrection, prayer without ceasing. Praise God. It's crammed full of actions. When 
Paul went to the place where there was just a lot of debate, a lot of discussion, a lot of talking about philosophies and so on. He was at the court of Areopagus in uh, Mars Hill in Athens. And uh, they, they uh, just spent all day long talking about different philosophies and ideas. And they called him a babbler. They wanted to know what he had to say. Thank God he preached Jesus. Thank God he stayed with the truth. Amen. And there were a few who listened to what he had to say. There was Dionysius. There was Damaris. There were a few others. They were the ones that went home with the key of knowledge. They were the ones that held on to what they knew to be true and would make a difference in their lives. Thank God for the power of the Lord. And what a powerful message and motivation that Paul was able to hold on to. He left Athens and he went to Corinth. Corinth was a sinful city. Corinth was a, a, a place that uh, just about anything goes. In fact, it was a slur. If you were to be called a Corinthian, that was a, that was a smear. It wasn't a, it wasn't a compliment because they knew and understood the immorality in that city and all of the evil that went on and all of the misdirection away from the things of God. Did that stop the Lord from working? Did that hold him back? No, you look at Acts 18 and 9. Acts 18 and 9. Then spake the Lord to Paul in the night by a vision. Can the Lord do that? Oh, yeah. But you've got to be tuned in. <laughs> Not be you know, worried about the horror film you watched on Netflix. No, you, you tune into the things of God. You tune into what God wants to show you. Amen. Be not afraid, but speak and hold not thy peace. And verse 10 is so powerful. For I am with thee, and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee, for I have much people in this city. Praise God. That sinful city? That city that it was a smear to be called a Corinthian, that place that had so much immorality, that place that had so much wrong going on in it, the Lord's saying, I'm going to rescue them. I'm going to save them. I'm going to change their lives. I'm going to bring them into my power. They're going to know peace. They're going to know satisfaction. They're going to have comfort. They're going to be blessed with love that lifts them out of the muck and mire of their sin. Praise God. Because the key of knowledge is what Paul was going to use to move into that realm. The Bible says he stayed there for a year and a half. He continued to preach. He continued to teach. Amen. He continued to reach out. And he used the key of knowledge to open their hearts and their minds to the Lord. Praise God. I'm thankful that key of knowledge is what we're able to receive. Amen. Let's stand today. Have you ever lost keys? Don't lose the key of knowledge. The devil would love to hide it from you. The devil would love to obscure it. Make it seem like it's not important. Like it, it doesn't matter. But oh, thank God, the key of knowledge can open doors. 
the key of knowledge can open our understanding, open our comprehension, and open the, the possibilities that we're able to step in and possess the promises that God has for us. Amen. Because there's a lot of confusion, a lot of misdirection, a lot of misinformation. We hear that a lot. Mm-hmm. The devil is right on top of it as far as the things concerning the Word of God. Yeah. But we're going to continue with the key of knowledge because of what the Lord desires to display in our lives. Amen. Please come. We're going to pray for a few minutes. We're going to call upon the Lord together. We're going to trust God. You see, the Lord has a commission for each one of us. He wants you to use that key of knowledge. He wants you to reach out to others and open the doors of truth for them. Use that key of knowledge to bring them into the presence of the Lord. Praise God and His power to be manifest as we reach out to Him. Can we pray? Can we ask the Lord to help us? Ask the Lord to show us how to use that key of knowledge in even greater measures than we already have. We've experienced some tremendous things in God. We've had some wonderful testimonies that have uh, come about because of prayer, because of believing God, because of trusting Him. But there's so much more that God wants to open. So much more that God wants to do. Praise God. Let's call upon Him together now. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus.